Uh, this is the sounds of a woman going to try to get coffee in Ottawa. I just want to get a coffee, okay? Why is I the get camera a in my face right now? Are you here partaking? That cop ends up basically assaulting a woman because she wants to get coffee. You see, she's run afoul of the social credit system that the dictator of Canada has installed. And I know that's incredibly breathtaking to say. And I used to love to go to Canada. I have great memories of there. But all the signs are, if you'll step back and come with me, all the signs show that the social credit system is already in the United States. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And this is the conscience the Lord gave me. And you're listening with the conscience the Lord gave you. And we're listening, talking with each other through the lens of natural law. The Apostle Paul alerted us to the fact that even if you've never heard the, the word of the Lord, you're installed with the sense of what is right and what is wrong. C.S. Lewis, probably one of the greatest Christian apologists, not really a theologian as much as an explainer of theology, and to some degree a popularizer of it, reminded us that we are imbued with the ability to tell what is right and what is wrong. And the party's been on a march. It's a march that began, I think, in earnest, well, I mean, decades ago. But where I think they began to attack the conscience was when they began to attack blatant truth and inarguable truth. I am still kind of taking a, what would you call it, a resin high? from the piece Reality Honks Back as I'm thinking about the virtuals and the physicals. And if you didn't listen to that episode, I I hope you will and explore that piece. Because as I think about the virtuals and the physicals and I think about this this notion of natural law, I think about the, the march the party took to attack truth. And I think back to conversations I had with rock ribbed conservative media figures who weren't quite ready to stand up when in the separate country of Washington state, some Republicans decided to let registered sex offending men jump on into the showers of girls, adolescents, and women at the YWCA of Pierce County and soap up their testicles in the showers because they're women. And they need a place to pee. And I remember thinking at the time, and this was seven or eight years ago, as rock-ribbed conservative media figures hid from that and said, well, I'm not quite ready to go there. I don't understand this well enough. You don't understand that that's not a woman. They weren't ready to go there. At that time, I should have understood where we were inexorably going, which was punishing people for speaking truth and for making it uncomfortable for people to speak truth. Now, whether or not that's a plan, an ultimate plan to attack truth, or it's just now a byproduct of it, I don't know that that matters that much, but it's definitely the prepping of an environment where your social credit is dependent upon violating what you know in your heart to be right and wrong. Factually, this is a fact. There is no woman who is not going to be shocked if she's standing in a shower and a dude walks up next to her and begins to soap up his naked body. There's just not. I mean, honestly, it happened to me. I am not a woman, but I was in a shower in New York And I had no idea uh, that it was like a co-ed thing. It's not my thing. And I took a red-eye flight 
to do a business meeting for Microsoft and it was this big emergency and I had to come there and, and I said, I got to get a workout in guys and I've got to get some rest. So I got my rest. I got my workout. I jumped into the shower with like an hour to go for the presentation. I walked out of the shower. I was drying off and a lady walked up to me and I said, Oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong bathroom. I'm sorry. She goes, no, no, it's co-ed. I said, what? This is co-ed. Am I freaking you out? I said, yeah, yeah, you're freaking me out. All right. So I moved to a different area of the shower. I was stunned. But apparently that's just the way they rolled at that place. So maybe I should take my words back. Maybe she wasn't stunned at all because her environment had been prepped. In this natural law, what we're observing is this. You will not express your conscience. The government will decide what is bad think. Remember that prior to the truckers going to Ottawa, the dictator of Canada described them as having unacceptable thoughts, unacceptable thoughts. And this runs counter in so many ways to the Bible. The apostle Paul had told us many, many times, come, let us reason together. That's not the party's way. We don't reason together. That's not how it's done. And it's not a meritocracy. It's not that you're great at something that allows you to have power. You don't have to be great at anything other than gaining favor. And I, and Cami Harris has some creative ways of gaining favor. I'll say it that way. I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position is for us very clear, which is as a leader, which we have been bringing together the allies, working together around our collective and unified position, that we would all not just prefer, we desire, we believe. It is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end to this moment. And so where do we want this to end? That's, that that, is what- that's 54 seconds of a woman wearing a woke mask that everybody knows she doesn't wear. Unless she's told to wear it. Who gets to call herself vice president because she started calling herself a black woman. Prior to that, she had been a proud Indian American. That's 54 seconds of her saying war is a bad thing. Using every possible way she can stretch the time to act as if she has something to say. She is the result of a social credit system. Well, her role is the result of a social credit system. The fact that she gets to call herself vice president of the United States. She has zero accomplishments. She's a brutal, avaricious human being. And honestly, I'm now developing the ability to pray for people like that. But I also, and keep in mind this, there was this dispute amongst the Lord Jesus' apostles. And this is in Luke 22, um, 24 through 30. And slightly paraphrasing here, or pretty much paraphrasing, they're walking around, the apostles get into an argument. Hey, who's, who's going to get to be the, who's, who, hey, Lord, who, which among us is the greatest? And and the Lord just turn to them and say, guys, the least will be first, the first will be last. It's, you, even the son of man came to serve, to not be served. He had to remind them of, this is not a contest for who's going to be the greatest, except it is in the social credit system that's being prepped in the United States. It's installed in Canada. It's not even a question of whether or not it's installed in Canada. It's installed in Canada. And that's very, very clear. When you listen to Justin Trudeau talk about the social credit system, in Canada and what that means and what it means to trust the government and to not trust the government. That anyone who votes no tonight is doing anything other than indicating that they don't trust the government. Got it. 
If you vote no, meaning that one person should not be allowed to steal the bank account of another because that person doesn't like that person's thought, that means you don't trust the government. And guess what? I would never trust a government that would seize your property for what you think. Oh, but we're not doing that in the United States. Or not? Really? We seized people's businesses because they wanted to serve breakfast. The dictator of Washington state destroyed the business of a man who had served his community for 30 years, serving breakfast. They stole his business because he had wrong think. No one was forced to go into his breakfast joint. No one would lose their job if they didn't go there. Five minutes away, you could walk into a Starbucks. You could walk into a Home Depot. You could go get a baby killed at an abortion clinic. But you couldn't have bacon and eggs. That's a social credit system that has nothing to do with saving anyone's life. Now, is the environment prepped enough for this to come here? It is. Now, this can seem truly bizarre, but let's remember some things. The Democrat Party put Japanese people in internment camps because they may have been spies or they may have been sympathetic to the Japanese. Now, Michelle Malkin wrote a pretty fascinating book about that called, I think it was called In Defense of Internment. And it was provocative and it was explorative. It explored the topic. And it went through some of the facts that are sort of hidden about World War II. There were attacks or attempts to attack America on our shores. There were reasons to believe that some people with Japanese heritage had sympathies to Japan, but not everybody. And because some may harbor evil intent, never makes it okay to imprison everybody. But it happened here in the United States. Once again, businesses were stolen. Once again, wealth was seized. Once again, families were ruined. Once again, because of the risk of wrong think. This time, though, it's being aimed at the society as a whole, and it's being driven by people who want to control every aspect of our life. And this is why I continue to be haunted by the virtuals versus the physicals, because the virtuals, and please listen to that podcast, the virtuals are crossing their way over into the physical because part now of the social credit score is scanning your body. Have you turned your body over to the party yet? We need to know that you have turned your party or your body over to the party. We're going to scan your body to see if you have our stuff installed in you. Do you have our code? Did you let us write computer code or what is effectively computer code into your body? Are you letting the virtuals have control over your body or not? Ultimate, ultimate social credit. Could it really happen here? In Legal Insurrection, Professor Jacobson points out that a large majority of U.S. Democrats support Canada on the protests, on how they're handling the protests. The Democrats are hungry to do this to people with whom they disagree because the system has been prepped. Majority of Americans disapprove of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's handling of the trucker protests in his country. 53% of American voters disapprove. 35% of American voters approve. The key insight, the vast majority of independents and Republicans disapprove. Key insight, large majority of Democrats approve of Trudeau's handling. 65.7% of Democrat voters approve of what Justin Trudeau has done. He has seized bank accounts. 
They have seized trucks. They intend to sell the trucks. They are tracking women down who want to go get a cup of coffee and they're letting thugs with badges slap the women. Now, I just want to get a coffee, okay? Yeah. Why Can is I the get camera a coffee? in my face right now? Are you, you here partaking? You walked right up now, to you're me. you're in the red zone. I'm scared. I want to go for a coffee down there. Okay. Can I, can I go for a coffee? Is, still being arrested Pardon? right Do you now. live in this? No, I don't live here, but I, I'm... Where do you go- live? Alberta. Time for you to leave. I can't even go down there for no, a coffee. No, go grab You're in the red leave. zone right now. If you don't leave right now, you will be arrested. Do you understand me? I can't go for a you? coffee. Grab your stuff, because if we see you, we'll be patrolling all day. If we see you again, it'll be different. That's the cop Leave. grabbing her phone and pushing a woman. Big tough man pushing a woman. Walk away. Your phone doesn't need to be in our face when you're walking away. Pushing a woman. Are you going to walk or are you going to get arrested? I was walking away. Get out of here. If you're Oh my goodness. Hope you can go to sleep at night. Oh, he can. He'll sleep cozy. A Canadian MP got in touch, got a, got, got a hold of some of text exchanges of guys like that. The environment has been prepped for cops who will do that. In the cities, in the separate countries like Seattle, the environment has been prepped. Cops have been shown You don't stop Antifa. You don't stop Black Lives Matter Incorporated. You don't arrest people for drug sales. You don't bother arresting cartel members. You don't bother walking through the homeless camps where everybody knows sex trafficking occurs all too often with children. You don't bother yourself. You let people who have committed armed robbery drive away. You let people who have stolen cars and you know it drive away. You let crazy people who are high on fentanyl meth and God knows what else threaten neighborhoods. And if you come back an hour later or two hours or three hours as actually happened and one of those crazy people has barricaded a retired pastor in his home and is attempting to burn that pastor to death in his own home, then you can make an arrest and you know that crazy person will be out in hours. The cops who will work under that environment have been prepped. The good cops who are just keeping their heads down to get their retirement are leaving. I know them. I go to church with them. They live here now in the high mountains of what we hope to keep free America. The environment has been prepped at the FBI. You don't go after Hillary Clinton. You only go after people who threaten the party. The environment has been prepped. College campuses for two decades have prepped the environment for people don't get to have free speech if it's bad think. Bad think being determined by one of the members of the party, academia. The announcement that the party of virtuals funded by virtuals. That is people who don't really work in a physical sense, have very little connection with the physical world. They work in the realm of theory that they are now going into the physical world and taking what you thought was your money. It's an escalation of the war. It is not the beginning of the war. The social credit system is here. And it started where it was always going to start. One of the designs of Obamacare was a social credit system. Once the only way you could afford health care because of the restructuring of health care became through what people euphemistically call insurance, 
which is actually just cost shifting. It's not insurance. It's the opposite of insurance, in fact. It was always about forcing you to do what the party desires you to do. Now, all of this, all of this means that if you're like me in an age where you start to think about retirement, whatever that means for you, there's such a careful line to walk. There is because early retirement's a risky decision. Uh, Well, I mean, frankly, retirement's a risky decision. Frankly, finance is a risky decision right now because big finance is really part of the party. And my friend, Zach Abraham, uh, the chief investment officer of Know Your, of, of, uh, pardon me, of, of Bulwark Capital Management, his radio show is called Know Your Risk Radio. You know, he's, he's very clear headed on the fact that, that you walk this careful line, that there's some things his company will not invest in. If it just goes blatantly against the, the, the laws of God, they won't do it. Um, and they are focused on risk management for their clients. Part of that's upside. But there's also this awareness, because you've heard Zach talk about it so often on the show, of how rigged the system is. So he's very clear-eyed. You know, I don't mean to disparage, say, a Fidelity or anything. I had money in Fidelity for years. And they're fine people, but they're not going to sit there and admit to you that the system is rigged. And they're not, and they're not gonna they're not gonna plan your retirement that way with that in mind. Part of the risk is the rigged system. Now, part of this is getting out. Right. So you're kind of out of the system. That's part of early retirement. So if this has been on your heart, can you retire early? Find out. Call Zach at Bulwark Capital Management. Find out if you can retire early. Here's the phone number 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. And they're people who understand this careful line of working around the party's manifestations, but doing it in a godly way and focused on, on risk avoidance, risk management. The social credit system is here. It exists now. The American Medical Association is one of the social credit enforcing organizations. Almost all of the top 25 medical schools are now mandating race-based training and study. You can read about this at criticalrace.org. And the database indicates this, that people now are being taught in medical school to take everything through a racial lens. Now, remember this. This is a fascinating equilibrium. Black people are amongst the least injected people per capita in the country. So are PhDs. We're constantly told that black people are underrepresented in PhDs. And yet they have this common distrust of government. That's bad think. You're not to distrust the government unless you have a non-party member in government. I think black people have a perfectly good reason to not want to be injected by the government. I think it makes perfect sense, given that the government at one time decided to perform a terrible experiment on black men to say, what would happen if we gave them syphilis? Well, was it bad thing to say no? You see, the social credit system is here. The American Bar Association is a social credit instrument. Look at the way they went after lawyers who defended President Trump's right to look into an election. An election that the party bragged about rigging. They didn't say they stole it, but they bragged about rigging it. They bragged about it in Time Magazine about rigging it. They openly admit they rigged it. They just won't say they stole it. The American Bar Association, who operates on the tenet or used to, that everybody deserves a defense, punished lawyers for defending the president and his claims. That's a social credit system. That's here now. The social credit system basis the environment is prepped every time you post on social media 
You're very aware if you post at all that sometime you're going to say something that's going to get you banned or people joke about being in Facebook jail. A lot of us have experienced that. That's a social credit system prepping. It's coming here. The fact of the matter is, as I was thinking about this show and, and ways that, that, that I wanted to try to explain my view on this, is I thought about the movie Taken. Now, it's okay, it's, it's an action flick. And what's his name? The guy who acts in it, his name I can't recall, is, is, a, is a really, truly confused liberal who, uh, what was he? The voice of, um, he was the voice of Aslan and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and he said that that movie had nothing to do with Christianity. <laughs> the entire, the entire structure of the film, Aslan is, is the Lord Jesus in that movie. And this guy had nothing to do with Christianity. So I'm aware, I can't, I can't remember this guy's name. I don't even try. Honestly, I don't even try to remember these, these former icons' names. I don't care. I can't be bothered. But I can think about the structure of that movie. And there's the scene where, if you haven't seen it, um, this involves a sex trafficking kidnapping of a, of a, of a young woman in Paris. And, and her dad is a you know, like CIA operative, black ops operative or something. Or retired operative. Still does contract work, I think is his bag. Um, so she's in the hotel room. The guys break in. They've seized her friend. She dives under the bed. She's hiding and she calls her dad and they're, they're estranged. So he, she calls him and he didn't want her to go. So she's telling him, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they're here. They're looking around. They've got my friend. And, and, and he can hear in the background what's going on. So he knows that this, this girl's going to get taken. And so he gives her these directions you know, he says, you're going to be taken. There's nothing I can do. Liam Neeson's the guy's name, the actor's name. You're going to be taken. I need all the information you can get. Tell me everything you see before they grab the phone. Tell me everything they see. So she's hiding out of the bed and, and then the, the kidnappers discover her. And they start pulling her out of there. She says, three of them, three of them, black shoes. Uh, you know, she's trying to say every detail. And then they pull her out. And then I think, as I'm remembering this, that one of the kidnappers gets on the phone and Liam Neeson says, let her go. Let her go. Listen, I don't know who you are, but I will find out. I've spent a lifetime developing a very specific set of skills. I will find you and I will kill you. Let her go. And you will just, I will just forget, just let her go. And the guy laughs. So Liam Neeson, you know, he's, he's all, he's already tracked the phone call and he's gone through everything and he's, he's already bought his suitcase packed and he's got his buddies, retired operatives on the horn. He's ready to go over. And of course, Liam Neeson goes over and he just, he just destroys, he just, he just kills everybody in sight. And he rescues his daughter from the, the, this yacht of this, this sicko and, What's my point? Well, you, you know my point, right? My point is, we're going to go through this. We're already going through it. They're going to do this. They're already doing it. With that in mind, I have to remind people that one of the biggest lies in advice that people offer is they say information is power. No, it's not. That's one of the biggest lies in the world. Information is not power. Let me ask you this. Is gas, is fuel in a gas tank power? Is information power? Continue to make the case that the social credit system is here. You're going through it now. But what about this thing about information being power? Hey, can you uh, see a way clear to recommending the show to friends? Maybe not this specific episode, just recommend the podcast to friends 
and maybe do another conversation. Right. And I know people sometimes on social media will ask, who are your go-to, um, who are your go-to podcasts or, you know, who are, who are opinion makers you listen to, or I hate that phrase, opinion makers. I don't want to make anybody's opinion, but could you see your way clear in the conversation, dropping us in the conversation, um, the Todd Herman show, what we, where we've grown has been so phenomenal in terms of downloads and listens. And what we're trying to do is spread the audience out now. And to grow the audience. So if I could ask your help in that, that would be enormous for us in this, this experiment of trying to take God's word, put it at the center of news, um, and then put politics on the edges of the news. And speaking of God's word, um, what are the amazing things about the Lord Jesus among all the amazing things is that he did everything in reverse. You see, if you're trying to establish power, then you had the opportunity to take the shortcut of going to see power and to work with power to get power. You, you, you would take that shortcut. You know, if you are a politician and you're campaigning and let's say that you are a Republican and, and a big Republican organization with a whole bunch of money comes to you and says, you know what? We like you, kiddo. Come on in, have a cigar. You're going to go far. Going to make it all together if we can do it as a team, like you know the Pink Floyd song. If we all pull together as a team. Come on in. <laughs> uh, sorry, now the song's on my head. You can take that shortcut. Man, New Kringage's organization contacted me, or and they want to back me, and, and they know how to win elections, and, and you take that path. And one of the things you'll discover right away is that they're going to sit you down and go, okay. Uh, let's get to an explanation of where we stand on the topics, on, on the issues of the day. So, well, wait a minute. What do you mean where I stand? Right, right, right. I mean, there's what you, there's, look, we get what you believe, but really what we need to talk about is the array of ways that you explain this. So I know that you are very, very pro-life and we respect that. We really, really do. We respect that very much. When you're in a, a part of the country that is not pro-life, let's just talk about some ways to talk about that, that maybe some of the, the things that you maybe focus on. Maybe you focus on, for instance, you focus, well, on anything but abortion. Let's just spend, look, just, just for, you know, for argument's sake, let's just see how that lands, and we're not asking you to change what you believe. No, I mean, we're just thinking that if there was a way that you could maybe just explain, change how you explain it. And then, in fact, you know what we'll do? We'll just, let's take this, let's table this. And then when we go to those districts, we'll just put some talking points together. And let's, let's table that. We'll table that. And that's the way it works. And you show up and all of a sudden your, your, your position has been explained prior to you getting there. And you come in and you read this and you go, what is this? This isn't, well, we just, but you know, just for today. And that's it. That begins the trick turning. The Lord Jesus went to the poor people. He went to the small communities. He touched them. He was there for us. He didn't seek the halls of power. He argued with the halls of power. He argued with the people who had installed the social credit system of his day. You think about the preposterousness of the positions of the Pharisees of the day, the bureaucrats, the virtuals of, of the Christ day. The man, the Lord, heals a person restores his ability to use his hand and they're upset that it's the Sabbath. He restores the ability of a man to walk who hasn't walked for decades and they're upset that the man picked up his mat because that's work on the Sabbath. That's how twisted people become when they seek this power and they went through it. We're going to go through this. We're going through it now. The information we have about what we're seeing and the installation of the social credit system as it exists today, because it's here, can really shock people. It shocked Joe Rogan. Majid Nawaz, 
was on Rogan's podcast. And Rogan is left speechless after this guy who was raised, I think it's a Pakistani family, and, and he's, he's described as a counter-extremist. So he's a guy who's trying to reset for people who've fallen into or, or been raised in, in Islam. He's trying to reset that. And he's on with Rogan, and he's talking about the installation of a social credit system by the party. And Rogan does everything he can to try to de-conspiracy this. But ultimately, he's left speechless. Direct quote, though, on his, uh, you'll see it. Our teams are now embedded in governments around the world. That's actually what they wrote. Yes. And the video is two minutes. I didn't play all of it. It's what he says. But what he's saying there sounds reasonable. Yeah. Figuring out on strategic ways to end the lockdown does. easily. No, that makes the, sense. Not the end of lockdown. No, no, no. Well, no. Didn't he say that? Yeah. Keep in mind, Tony Blair is the one who's been advocating for vaccine passports, digital identification through COVID, and all of these measures. But didn't they say that about ending the lockdowns and keeping businesses? Once those measures are in place. Right. So he's even in the UK, his stance has been, yeah, we're going to get out of all it, but you have to have digital ID mm. and you have to have. So, so during and the war, then this is going to introduce the, t- the, the social credit score system. Right. So. The, what, all of that came from your question, which is, regardless of intention, how do people, how do people do that infiltration from within? It's not just Twitter. So back to the psychological operations. It's also embedding people in government who are subscribed to this agenda. Yeah. And the agenda of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is the same as the agenda of Tony Blair in this regard. They call it on their own website, they call it the Great Reset. That's what they say themselves. Yeah, that's a bizarre thing to do, to yeah. openly, why do you think they openly discuss it that way? And openly, because the Great Reset has always been this gigantic conspiracy theory yeah, yeah. among the online folks. Yeah. Like, this is all part of the Great Reset. Well, yeah. when he wrote a book called The Great Reset, you're yeah. like, hey man, yeah. shouldn't you be hiding this? And, and, and in 2017 at Harvard, he's saying, you know, we're gonna basically, all of these world leaders will penetrate their cabinets with our young global leaders. He's open. He's open. Blair's open. During the Iraq war, Blair tried to bring in ID cards in Britain. He failed. Now he's back and he's trying to bring in digital ID during COVID. Right? So they're open about it. So this is going to be this never-ending process to slowly move the goalposts. Towards more and more authoritarianism. Checkpoint society. It's all there. They, Gee, they've how, told us this. We ha- people have to realize this, right? This is important. Yeah. When he says checkpoint society, um, Rogan is frozen. He's, he is speechless. It's here now. The environment is prepped. This nation is going through it now. It's in the early stages, and you're going to go through this. We are going to be taken to some degree. What can they take? They can take bank accounts. Cash or otherwise. They can outlaw cash. They've done it before. Turn in your gold. They could do it again. We live in a post-constitutional society. John Roberts' Supreme Court has decided that just because the Lord Jesus said, do not murder babies, doesn't mean you can say no to being injected with the fetal cells of murdered babies. That's what he's decided. You don't get to have that religious objection. You don't get to object to the virtuals coding your body. Just because you believe that God Almighty created your immune system and you don't want human code, human written code, messing with your gene structure. You don't get to object to that. And Roberts is absolutely, absolutely a tool of the party, without doubt in my mind. Here and there he strays, but when it comes to the precious, And Obamacare was the precious because it was the linchpin. Obamacare. Robert saved twice with ridiculous, fantastical lies. Like Washington, D.C. is a state. 
And a fine for not doing something is the same thing as a tax for doing something. A fine being something Congress has no legal right to levy. So he turned it into a tax. On the cornerstone issues of the party, he stands squarely with the party. So we have the information. How do you take information and turn it into power? Because information is not power. It is potential power. One of the biggest lies in the world is, well, information is power. No, it's not. It's like a flexed muscle. It's potential power. You know, all this talk about the virtuals, it occurred to me the other night, we watched a, uh, watched a documentary on Amazon. Yeah, I know. I don't have an Amazon account. My wife kept hers. I got rid of my Amazon account when they killed um, the social media sites that, uh, that competed with Twitter and Facebook. I, uh, I deleted it that night. And we watched a documentary about crypto. And I'm trying to explore this because so many of my listeners disagree with me about crypto. My, my point is, if it can be coded, it can be hacked. And seeing the view of other people on blockchain, I get what you're saying, you know, well, but all the changes are tracked, et cetera. And, and when we were watching this documentary, I was reminded of, of there are good people in tech. They're just few and far between. You know, and my friend Dave the Digital is one of the good people in tech. And for decades, he's run his own thing. It's called Greenhaven Interactive. He is a guy you can trust with your small to medium-sized business. One of the things he's noticed right now, which is a big deal for businesses, is people are way out of whack in terms of how Google treats their company. And if you're not in the top three to five search returns for the name of your business or your industry or the sort of business you're in or the near me function, that can cost you, that can cost you your business, frankly. Or it has the wrong opening times or closing times, or it always thinks you're busy. Or one of my one of my friends' businesses, someone had reported that it was closed. And enough people did that because they were angry because my friend had a had a American flag in his business. This was in the separate country of Seattle that enough people reported it as closed that it showed up as closed. So you, you go to Dave the Digital. He will look at it. He'll put a team on it. He can show you how to correct that so you show up and much, much higher in the return. So it's so easy to get in touch with this Christian conservative who's been succeeding in the tech business for decades at Greenhaven Interactive. Just go to greenhaveninteractive.com. Tell him you listen to the podcast. It's greenhaveninteractive.com. And I felt sort of bad. After the other day, I went off on the virtuals and I got a note from a dear friend of mine who's a virtual. And I mean, he's, he is a virtual among the virtuals. And yeah, he believes in the social, not the social credit system, but he believes in the uh, universal basic income. But he's also not a crazed person, can't stand the Black Lives Matter stuff. And I was, you know, and I just, I felt shame because it kind of put everybody into the same bucket, which leads me to this. The potential power we have at knowing what the party's going to do because they're doing it now, that is the social credit system, um, starts with a line you draw now. Now, please, I am begging you to hear me in this. I am begging you. Early on, when they turned on the Great Reset in March of 2020, I begged people to, rem- to right now set in your mind you're not allowed to travel. You're not allowed to go to the Super Bowl. You're not allowed to go to concerts and get cool with that. Because if you attempt to hold on to the old world, they own you. There's a reason that a lot of combat guys will take off the wedding rings. Like if they're going to go deep, deep, they're going to take off the wedding rings because they don't want to be leveraged. They don't want, if they get captured, they don't want the enemy to know that they have a wife. Cops will do the same thing. The wedding ring comes off, the ID stays home. They don't want that. They don't want to give the bad guys a way to leverage them. If we try to hold on to the world that we have, right, we're not going to be able to fight the way we need to fight. And look, there's a biblical analog. Those who lose their life will find it. We need to shift our thinking into what are we doing to prepare the kingdom Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe the Lord has set before us this opportunity. The party does intend to make sure that if you purchase things, you have your head right. 
We'll talk about resistance to that because it is, to me, deeply immoral, deeply unbiblical, against God's law. I have no problem denying that order, refusing that order, and refusing to participate in that system. No problem at all. My conscience is very clear on this. But it begins with also, what is the Lord doing around this? Well, the fact that you can't go to concerts doesn't mean that you can't go to church. And if we think that the party is done limiting access to concerts, just pay attention to what the party's doing with HIV now. Are we, watch, are we all watching this? One of, the, one of the royals went around on a TV tour telling everybody to get tested for HIV. They're trying to scare people about HIV. Incidentally, the injections, the mRNA injections, appear to cause autoimmune system disorder. They appear to cause the thing they're saying people just got. They're not done. They're not going to be done. We have to look at the work God is doing. Who are the people you're going to feed? What are you going to do to take care of friends of yours? Or your neighbors? We are going to go through this. We're going through it now. Now imagine the joy. (laughs) Those who lose their life will find it. I have become a feeder of people. I, I have excess apples and excess plums and we have eggs and we're feeding people. And to pool the resources one another, the party can go and seize bitcoins. They're doing it. Now, Great technology people can make it difficult, and I beg great technology people to realize you're building prisons. To realize what you're doing. Stop it. Stop. But you know what they have a big difficulty seizing is our labor. I will come to your home and help you build the garden. I'm terrible at building things, but I'll come and dig in the dirt with you. I'm terrible at construction, but I've got a strong back. The Lord has gifted me with a strong back. I'll I'll carry the, I'll carry the sand. I'll help you fall trees. You just show me how to do it. I'll chop them up. I'm really good at carrying wood. I can carry a lot of wood and I enjoy it. I enjoy lifting and tossing around hay bales. I can't toss them as far as I used to when I was a young man, but man, I'd love to come and work with you. I grew up hunting. I've lost my taste for it. I don't enjoy the taking of life and I eat meat and I eat fish and I'll help you. And I'm the least of these. I'm I'm relatively useless when it comes to building things. What about you? When the party comes for the currency, we shift the currency. The currency is what are we willing to do for our neighbor? So our neighbor eats. And so that people see in us the face of God. Why are the Christians the one feeding us? Why indeed? Why are the Christians the one with stores open in defiance of the government's orders? Why indeed? Because we've been called. Also in Luke... I love this so much. Luke 21, one through four. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, this is the Lord speaking, Lord Jesus. Truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. What if the Lord is setting before us an opportunity, an opportunity to, through our very service to him, show our neighbors what a Christian society looks like, what the body of Christ is capable of, 
when pushed into a corner, because the amazing thing about God's work is when God's people are pushed into a corner, you know what happens? The church grows. The body of Christ goes from potential earthly power because Christ is all powerful to real power. And there's one more thing. In March of 2020, I begged people, do not put on the woke mask. The mistake people made was taking one step towards compliance. I never did take the injection. And I was pressured to take the injection. I never did take the tests. And I was pressured to take the tests. I never did wear the woke mask in a workplace. And I was told to wear a work mask in the workplace. And it's costly. One step towards compliance looks like a digital driver's license in Utah. A party-owned state, by the way. It's party-owned. One step towards compliance is permission for them to continue. Compliance is continuance. We'll talk more about that. On a closing thought, personal note next. A mini song review and then a story of what it's like to experience Christ's love through a friend in a time of financial need. This is one of the ways that we act as a community. We take small businesses and we help them grow. Allen's Artisan Soaps is a small business. It's run by a, a friend of mine with whom I'm becoming more and more close. This guy's such a giving, giving man. I'm so, every time I speak to him, I'm just, I'm touched by, by who he's become, quite frankly. And speaking a little bit out of school here, I'm thr- so thrilled with what the Lord has done in John's life. And I'm so thrilled with the way that he interacts with this dear, dear son, Alan. He's got three sons. Two of them are deeply, profoundly impacted by autism and some other extremely serious health concerns. But, there, but, but Alan, who I know now and is a friend of mine, is a cheerful young man. So cheerful. Alan's Artisan Soaps is Alan's company. His dad, John, runs it with him. And Alan works at it. And they make the simplest thing. They make soaps to clean our bodies. With all natural ingredients, three scents, all of them sort of light scents, subtle, different degrees of latherliness, that a word, latherability. They're made in America. The quality control is done by Alan himself. When you purchase from them, you are employing a young man who the world says should stay home and collect checks. He doesn't. He works. He's going to feed a family one day, maybe just himself. He's part of God's family. I'm so proud of what they become. They don't automate things. They could, but they're about employing people like Alan and the dignity of work. So it's great soap. The people I know who bought it, love it. My wife loves it. She's got her favorite scent. I've got mine. My daughter has hers. My friends have theirs. So easy. Right now, this month, you still, when you, every bar of soap you purchase from Allen's Artisan Soaps, $1 goes to the Special Olympics. Right? That's this month. So go get the gift basket. Try out every single cent of Allen's Artisan Soaps. Just use my name, Todd, when you check out. That's T-O-D-D. Go to allensoaps.com. That's A-L-A-N-S soaps.com. So proud of them. So proud of who John has become. There was a time when we were, went to Washington, D.C., and I did something incredibly stupid. I decided to, well, <laughs> going to D.C. could be seen as incredibly stupid. And at the time, and I do believe that the Lord called me to go do that because I believe the Lord wanted me to go see what it was like in, in that Babylon. So I could come back and sort of tell people about, wow, guess I went to Babylon and I brought back a T-shirt to show you. It's broken. So I went to Babylon. I came back and I told And one of the decisions I made was to make it extremely expensive to stay there, to not seek work, to not seek to establish myself there. I wanted to get in and get out. We didn't even rent our house. We let a guy live in it for free. And it cost me. And I went through this realization when I came back 
from, from that event that I was unhirable. Oh, I had big plans when I came back. I was going to go straight back to work at Microsoft. And I've been talking to my former boss and he called me. In fact, at the committee, he called me and said, you are doing incredible stuff. I just, you, mother Jones, mother Jones just said you built better tech than the Democrats. I just read this tech article and this tech article about what you built. My gosh, this is amazing. You got to come back, come back to work for me. I've come back at a senior position, much more senior than when I left. And, and I want you back. So this is the plan. We had it all laid out. My wife was excited. I was excited. Okay. I made a lot of money at Microsoft. I had a lot of friends. And this is before Bill Gates became an insane lunatic. And so it was going to go back. And then I talked to my, my former boss. I'll never forget where I was sitting. Ah, dude, you've become sort of a political hot property. Have I? Yeah. Let's let it cool down for a bit. Let's let it cool down and then reimagine this. And I realized (laughs) I'm out. Now, yeah, I made my back way my way back over the tech fence and and we had two very successful startups and the Lord blessed us with that. He took care of us. But at that time, I was praying to the Lord, like, why did you send me to DC? Now I'm 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 this banned property. I can't go back at a company where I made them a lot of money. I built a a half billion to billion dollar contributor with a team of people far smarter than me. How come I can't go back? And and Lord, oh Lord, and I was afraid I was gonna be broke. And I remember going to church and our car was smoking. My little girl was riding in a car that was smoking. I was afraid. I was terrified. I was, said, God, send somebody. And I confided in my very best friend, my brother, Matthew. Brother, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to be broke. And this ran counter to the logic uh, I could open up my 401k and you know what he said to me? No, you won't. Cause I won't let you. I'll never let you be broke. I'll give you money. I'll just reach into my account. I'll never let you be broke because I love you. And he would have. God sent somebody. He's going to have to send a lot of us. This is a song that speaks to this in such a beautiful way. One of the least appreciated songwriters in history. And I've reviewed his music before, Patty McAloon, but it was his solo music. This is from Prefab Sprout, the single best concept album of modern era. It's called Jordan the Comeback. It's about a series of comebacks, the most important one being the comeback of Christ Jesus, because Patty is a Jesus needer, devout Catholic Jesus needer. This is a song that I picture a man playing all by himself on a night of desperation. It's a prayer wrapped in a song and a song wrapped in a prayer. It's called Mercy. Mercy on me Oh, say that I'm forgiven And wrap your arms around me To your goodness I surrender Without mercy where is goodness? Won't you have mercy on me? Mercy on me. Oh, say that I'm forgiven. And wrap your arms around me. In what we're going through and what we're going to go through, 
the Lord wants from us mercy. Go and learn what this means. My father desires mercy, not sacrifice. The party is not going to display mercy. The Lord will. We must seek it. We must be it. We cannot comply. But we also must not become the hatred. There's lots of ways for the party to win. One of them is to make us into the hatred. This is going to be complicated times. I would appreciate your prayer that we continue to stay on the path with this program. I'd appreciate your help in bringing people to listen. And most of all, I'd be praying for you and all of us. This is the Todd Herman Show. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, be right with God.